Hello and welcome to the first episode of Declassified. I am your host, Allison Dehigh, and today we are tackling the disappearance of Malaysian Airlines Flight 370. Now, this topic actually starts to make me a little angry just because, to me, it seems like the Malaysian government put out kind of a weak effort to recover the plane. Um, I know they spent a decent amount of time and money on it. Obviously, it was a kind of a like a three-year investigation, um, but they started the search late and looked in the wrong place initially, and and they ended it just when things might have started to get good and didn't really come up with a conclusive report at all. Um, so to me, it just seems like it was very lackluster and ineffective. So without further ado, let us talk the facts. At 12.41 a.m. on March 8, 2014, Malaysian Airlines Flight 370 departs from Kuala Lumpur, never to be seen again. 227 passengers and 12 crew members are on board, including people from 14 different nations. At 1.19 a.m., co-pilot Fariq Hamid sends the last communication to air traffic controllers in Malaysia, reportedly stating the final words, good night. This is the recording from the cockpit. Malaysian 370, contact Ho Chi Minh 120, good night. Good night, Malaysian 370. At 1.21 a.m., the radar transponder is turned off. At 2.15 a.m., the Malaysian military detects an unidentified object on its radar traveling west, which is thought to be Flight 370. The object then disappears from the radar about 322 kilometers off the coast of the Malaysian state of Penang. At 6.30 a.m., the flight fails to land at its scheduled arrival. A satellite detects the last signal from the plane's antenna at 8.11 a.m. The airplane's disappearance launched a years-long investigation that lasted until its suspension on January 17, 2017. Victims' relatives have criticized the Malaysian government's response as weak and ineffective. Four days after beginning their search, they finally admitted that they had been searching in the wrong place. Instead of searching where the plane was last seen on their military radar, they searched the ocean in between Malaysia and Vietnam, where the last civilian contact had been. The final report released by the Malaysian government was inconclusive, failing to blame any one specific cause. Fueled by the withholding of information by the government and the lack of a distress signal, theories about the plane's disappearance have naturally blossomed. Many of the primary theories involve hijacking, including both physically and electronically. One theory claims that the crew or the pilot, Zahari Ahmad Shah, hijacked the plane and killed all on board. The plane's turnaround was done manually not with the system's autopilot. The doors within the plane were also supposed to be hijacker-proof, meaning passengers could not get into the cockpit. The theory contests that the pilot suddenly depressurized the plane, knocking all passengers unconscious and explaining the absolute silence and lack of texts or radio calls. He then flew past his home island of Penang on two occasions tipping the plane to look out the window. The plane then proceeded to fly in and out of Thai and Malaysian military radars, effectively avoiding total detection from either. The flight's last radar detection can be traced to the southern Indian Ocean. The lack of debris found in the search near this area could be explained by a few different factors. The ocean itself was actually one of the most rough, choppy, and perilous oceans in the world. There were also two storms in the area that interrupted the search. However, scientists still struggle to decide exactly how the plane descended and whether it was controlled or not. The consensus among many is that the recovered flapperon and wing flat demonstrate a controlled ditching. They remain largely intact, suggesting that there was no high-speed crash. 
As for the motivations of the pilot himself, media speculation of his wife and children leaving just before the fated flight suggests an unhappy domestic life. He was also a supporter of the opposition leader in Malaysia who was recently jailed, suggesting it was an act of protest. Either way, Zahari was a highly respected pilot with years of experience and a wealth of knowledge. If he truly wanted to hijack the plane and commit murder-suicide, he had the wisdom and the resources to do so. However, the Malaysian government has repeatedly denied any involvement by Zahari or his co-pilot. And uh, his family has also denied this as well. The Australian Transport Safety Bureau also denied this theory, stating that the plane was out of control and landed and that the pilot was unconscious. Another theory suggests interference by terrorist groups like the Jihad. However, no legitimate group has claimed the act as their own, and terrorist groups tend to step forward and claim an act just to, you know, make their point. Early theories also included onboard fires caused by the cargo in the plane. Mangosteen, a tropical fruit, and lithium batteries were said to have mixed and started a fire. However, they were wrapped individually in their own compartment, and they are also relatively ordinary cargo, meaning they've been carried together often before, and nothing like this has ever happened. Some of the most outlandish theories provide ridiculous explanation ideas about the plane's disappearance. One of my personal favorites states that the rapper Pitbull and singer Shakira had a prior knowledge about the flight. In June of 2012, the artist released a song titled Get It Started that contained the lyrics Three Cities, Two Countries, Two Passports, and the lyric It's Off to Malaysia. The three cities are supposedly Kuala Lumpur, Beijing, and Ho Chi Minh, aka its takeoff, landing, and contact points. The two countries are Malaysia and Thailand, where the plane flew over. The two passports are the two Iranian passengers aboard the flight with stolen passports. Their stolen passports did raise suspicion of terrorism initially, but uh, those passengers had only been trying to migrate to Germany, so that, that quickly got shot down. Additional theories claim that the plane was landed at the U.S. military base Diego Garcia. This was quickly proven wrong by analyzing metadata from an image that was apparently sent from one of the passengers on board. The image had also been uploaded onto 4chan, a site known for hoaxes, so what's new? Another strange concept emerged following a tweet posted by someone claiming that they had received a strange voicemail. The voicemail said, S. Danger. SOS. It is dire for you to evacuate. Be cautious. They are not human. Then there's a bunch of numbers, and then SOS. Danger. SOS. The numbers were supposedly coordinates that were located near the area the plane disappeared. Other messages said, End your post you just shared about their recording on your phone, and they are taking over. This led many to conclude that the black box from the flight itself had been taken over by aliens. No, I'm not kidding. However, the black box cannot actually send out messages, and the numbers could also apply to many other locations depending on where you put your punctuation. So that theory got proved wrong pretty quickly. Some people also proposed the thought that the plane simply ran out of fuel, um, which could be true. However, we, we would still have to explain why the plane got turned around in the first place and why it was, went so far as to even run out of its fuel. Others claim the plane was shot down by some sort of government or military or association um, simply because this has happened in the past. Um, governments have shot down planes before, um, but this one doesn't have really any evidence to back it up. 
So it just hasn't been proven yet, and no government has claimed it. Nobody stepped forward. Most people have denied it, so it just it really doesn't have any basis. The Malaysian government also committed a series of failures um, while investigating, and also just in general with their regulation of planes. Um, for example, the emergency locator transmitters, which are put on many aircraft because of regu- due to regulation, um, all four of them that were on the plane failed. Um, and this is nothing new. They apparently have something like a 22% success rate. Um, and the ELTs were actually within their expiration dates. Um, but no nearby agencies or planes or anyone received a distress signal from the ELTs. So that means they probably failed. Um, there have been a lot of reported difficulties with these ELTs in the past, which makes me think, okay, why has nobody fixed this technology yet? Um, especially uh, after the ELT enters into water, they tend to fail and not activate, um, which comes from being submerged in water. So, you know, that's a technological failure that probably should be worked on by the Malaysian government or by the airplane industry because that's something that could be very essential in the future. Malaysian air traffic control has also committed a few oversights. Um, Investigators didn't check passengers' phone numbers to see if they were connected to nearby cell towers, um, and they were not aware of that there was actually debris found in Madagascar. Only two phone calls were made to the jet from the ground during its seven-hour off-course flight. And both of the calls were five hours apart. Only two calls. Um, Vietnam's air traffic control also failed to follow procedure. So just in general, there was a few different factors that kind of makes me feel like, okay, there should be some extra regulation, maybe strict, stricter control of your government and your government agencies and your air traffic control. For me, the theory that I think is probably the most likely one thus far is the hijacking by the pilot simply because it is the one we have the most evidence for however i hate to point my fingers and point the blame at this one guy we didn't know this guy he really had been a trusted pilot in the community and just to me it could be pretty unlikely that he would do anything if his family tells us he wouldn't do anything and you know there's a couple a couple other governments that agree that he didn't do anything then i think it is entirely possible that he was actually an innocent man and that it wasn't his fault at all. However, there is a lot of evidence to prove that he did it. Um, so it's probably the most likely theory that's out there right now. Um, it would be very helpful if we could find the wreckage (laughs) because then we could really determine what exactly was going on. But I think that is the leading theory for now, simply because it just has the most evidence behind it. So, what do you think happened to Malaysian Airlines Flight 370? Share your answers on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook, or contact me at declassified.podcast.7 at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and have a fantastic week.